This is Mary Lewis at A Tiny Homestead, the podcast comprised entirely of conversations with homesteaders, cottage food producers, and crafters. Today I'm talking with Kelsey at Misty Mountain Homestead. Good afternoon, Kelsey. I have a question for you. Okay, absolutely. Why is it called Misty Mountain Homestead? Because this is Minnesota, and I don't think there's a mountain within, I don't know, 500 miles of us. That is very true, and we get that question all the time. Um, We live very close to Powder Ridge. um, That's near Kimball, Minnesota. Um, It's a ski hill, but we are also on a very high point, probably one of the taller points in Stearns County. And when it is uh, cold and foggy out, everybody else is surrounded by fog, but we are above it. Um, And it kind of looked like our own misty mountain, but we also have a very large love for Lord of the Rings and in the Hobbit books, their mountain is called Misty Mountain. I thought there might be a Hobbit connection there somewhere. <laughs> yep, there is. <laughs> the reason I asked asked is because I grew up on the East Coast and I lived in Maine, so I was not far from mountains or the ocean. I was kind of in between them. Oh, okay. Yep. So, so um, what do you do at Misty Mountain Homestead? Um, We bought our homestead back in the spring of 2019, and it is my husband and I and four children, and we homeschool and have started a farm here. Um, We just pastured in 14 acres, and we will be getting cattle and sheep hopefully this coming spring, and we are going to be doing rotational grazing. And we, right now, we are raising a mixture of meat goats and dairy goats. Um, We let the babies have all the milk this year, uh, but that will be changing uh, this next birthing season. Okay. Um, So when you get more cattle, are we talking steers for meat? Yes, we would like to have steers for meat. Um, We also would like to have a milk cow. Um, We really feel that that is the best source of nutrients, and that's been a big dream of mine. I also uh, run my own business, uh, a bakery, and it's been growing substantially. Um, I make organic sourdough bread for the community. Okay, so is it a cottage food thing? It is cottage food, yes. Okay. Um, Any hopes of opening an actual storefront or are you just going to stay cottage food? I have asked, I've had people ask me that and I love being able to be home with my children and I have a dream of opening up the Misty Mountain General Store um, Mm -hmm. on our property. It would be a seasonal store with all kinds of goods uh, and fruits and vegetables from local farms and our farm and other products from other people. And it wouldn't probably be open in the winter as that can get pretty intense here in Minnesota, but Mm -hmm. it would still be something that I could do with my family and not have to be off the farm. Yeah, you're not the first person I've heard that from. And we're like you, we have a farm stand. This, This summer was the first time we did it. And we had people pulling in off and on all day all week long and it was great and the biggest question we got until 
probably the end of July, 1st of August was, do you have tomatoes yet? Because no one had <laughs> tomatoes this year. It was a terrible year for tomatoes. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because literally everybody I know had a hard time with tomatoes. <laughs> we were drowning in tomatoes. We <laughs> do we donated tomatoes to the food shelf. We sold tomatoes in the farm stand. We sold tomatoes at the uh, farmer's market. It was a lot of, it was a sea of red fruit this year. <laughs> That's amazing. My husband also planted 110 tomato plants, so it's no surprise that we were drowning in tomatoes. That sounds like my husband. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a lot, but we made some killer tomato sauce. We canned San Marzano tomato sauce, and oh it's um, it's amazing. I can't wait. I'm going to make some lasagna next week, and I can't wait to use this canned San Marzano tomato sauce in it. It sounds amazing. So, so do you do you make anything as well as the baking and the 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 animals? Do do you make any? I don't know soaps or candles or lip balms or anything like that. Um, that my dream bucket list, like more tallow based things, and I know I mean that I will have a lot of tallow. Uh. I do also make something called fire cider. It has been mm -hmm. um, a health source for my family and people have been really enjoying that. And I, I just love every aspect of what fire cider does. Um, and all the ingredients mm -hmm. are just so wholesome. And there was another lady I talked to. Um, I haven't actually shared her podcast yet. I have to get that done. But she mentioned fire cider too. And that helps with your immune system, right? Yes, it does. And it also is a blood warmer, um, especially when you're ill. Okay. The body needs like a significant amount of nutrients to get better. And fire cider mm -hmm. brings warmth to the gut. And it is also built for immunity. And it also helps clear uh, the sinuses. Okay. And it's vinegar and what else? I put a lot of stuff in mine. I use all organic produce. It's horseradish, onions, black peppercorns, lemons, oranges, grapefruits, parsley, and turmeric and ginger. Everything but the kitchen sink of good things. It's literally that, yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's it's in vinegar, is that right? Yes, it's okay. Um, infused in apple cider vinegar. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. I just, I didn't get into it. I did get into it, but not, not enough that I remember everything she told me. So I thought maybe I should refresh my memory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So your kids, are they little? Are they tweens? Are they teens? Do they help out? Um, they are, we have four kids. They are ages 13, 11, 10, and eight. Mm -hmm. And they all have their own farm chores that they are responsible for. They also help me do some packaging on my uh, CSA days, which I deliver bread to people's houses. Um, as they get older, it really has been such a blessing to have them alongside me. And my husband does road construction. And so in the warm months, he is not home as much. And so it's me and the kids um, doing the bulk of the work in, in the busy season. So, so you look like a mama duck with your ducklings traveling behind you, I would assume. 
Yep, where I am, they are. We are not apart very often. Yeah, and that's the best way to do it. I I have very strong feelings about parenting. I've raised four. They're now out of the house. They're grown adult people. And I have not had an outside-the-home job since my since I was pregnant with my my second kid. I have a stepson, so it's my daughter, stepson, son, and then the youngest son. And so my 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 first son of my body is 26 years old. So I haven't had a job job in 26 years. And I was home. I was home with the kids. They left the house and I was at home. They went to school. They came home. I was home. And my husband and I decided that when we first got together that I would be at home with the kids. And I don't regret a single second of it. Nope. I don't regret. It was the best decision we've ever made. Uh, it is sometimes a big sacrifice for financial reasons because you're living off of one income. You know, mm-hmm. in, in today's society, this is increasingly difficult to do. You know, so our our abundance doesn't look the same as some other families. You know, but it's I do I do it. know I do know. <laughs> trust me, yes. and it's hard work. It's really hard work. Um, the youngest just moved out um, a month ago. And okay. the only reason the only reason he moved out a month ago and not three years ago is because of COVID. He graduated oh. high school, COVID hit, and there was no way for him to go somewhere else at that point in time. And so he's been out of the house for a month, and I'm still trying to figure out what my husband and I are supposed to do about food. Because I am so used to cooking for three of us, and yes. really six of us at one point in time, that... I'm like, um, do you want an omelet for dinner, honey? Because I don't really want to cook big because it's just us. And I made well, I made wild rice soup like two weeks ago. And I literally made myself put it in half, half the size of the normal pan that I would use because I knew we wouldn't eat it all. So there are big adjustments that, that happen when you've spent over over 15 years cooking huge and making sure that leftovers get used because there's only so much money coming in because you're a one income family with many kids. Yes. So I, I feel your pain and I know why you do it. And I am absolutely not throwing shade at anyone who has their kids in daycare and has a job outside the house, all the power in the world to you, do your thing, do it your way. But the way I chose to do it made me happy, and I feel like the kids are are good. So, yes, yep, for sure. I'm trying not to soapbox too much because I don't want to get myself in trouble. But, but I also know that there are people who are perfectly happy living in a high rise apartment in the middle of New York and having a kid or two, if they have any, and never getting out in nature. I, I understand that everybody has their own ways to be happy. Yes, the farm life is definitely not for everybody. I, no, sure. no. And we just moved to Acreage three years ago, and it's been three years, and I'm just now finding my footing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
I finally feel like this is home and I know where things are and I know how to do the things that I've taken on. So it's change is really hard and I'm not afraid of the unknown, but change is, is always hard and it doesn't matter whether it's good change and it's what you wanted or it's, it's not good change and it was thrown on you. Yep. Absolutely. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really interesting. Um, I, I'm having trouble coming up with questions, mostly because I didn't realize we were going to be doing this today. This was very spur of the moment. Uh, so you said you're going to you're going to get cattle, and you said something else. I forgot what the other animal was. Sheep. Sheep. Okay. I have a question about sheep. Do you know much about sheep? Because I have questions. I know some about sheep. Um, I know that they are amazing animals, but I also know that they can be a little bit more finicky as livestock goes. Um, mm -hmm. They tend to need more help when it comes to birthing and they don't do well giving birth in a colder environment. So a lot of the time they need to be in some type of like very sheltered barn. And then of course, you know, there's wool sheep and hair sheep and the wool sheep obviously have a lot more maintenance than a hair sheep does. Yeah, I know what hair sheep are, but not everyone does. Can you explain the difference between a wool sheep and a hair sheep? The best way that I can explain what a hair sheep is, it's, it's very similar to a goat. Um, you don't have to mess with their coat. Um, so you wouldn't be getting the, the wool from that animal because they don't have it. So that is something that someone would have to consider when having sheep. Our farm... Maybe someday we would have wool sheep, but we're, we're more interested in having them for, for meat. Mm -hmm. So hair sheep is probably what we would choose to do. And do you want them for, for lamb or do you want them for mutton? Um, we would probably go with mutton. Okay. Um, we take very good care of our animals. Um, and I know that for some farms that they harvest their lamb. Um, for us, that's probably not what we would do. Uh, we like to give our animals the best quality life they can have and, you know, as long as they can be, you know, okay. up to yep. harvestable age. Yep. Um, we here love lamb. Like it's, it's the golden gold standard for us for meat. And we only have it probably once every couple of years. And, delicious. and I have not tried mutton because I'm so impressed with lamb. I'm afraid to try mutton. I really do feel that, you know, the flavor of goat or mutton really depends on what that animal has been fed. Yeah. Um, it, if it's more of like a pasture animal with a little bit of grain and a little bit of minerals, I think the meat is much more high quality than you would find in a commercial farm per se, where they don't get lots and lots of that stuff. Okay. Um, and I have found that to be very true. Okay. So does mutton take in whatever you season it with because with lamb I know when we've made lamb we've made it a couple different ways and used different seasonings and it's turned out great no matter how we season it so is mutton the same um mutton that you can get from a store can tend to be a little bit gamey uh -huh. but if you buy it locally from a farmer and the animal has had a chance to be its you know normal self and not cooped up the meat does change and it takes on flavors wonderfully. Okay, awesome. Um, the hair sheep breed. 
we actually went to a farm a few years ago and the man was was raising hair sheep and it happened to be when they were shedding and their their fur they shed they actually dropped their fur and the whole pasture was just covered in <laughs> in fur and i i said wow i said it looked like it snowed and mm -hmm. he said oh these aren't wool sheep these are hair sheep and he said he said i understand I said, I didn't know that hair sheep actually shed. He said, oh, man, did they shed. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, yep. So keep that in mind while you're thinking about this. Because <laughs> uh, I don't think wool sheep shed at all. I think they keep their fur, yes? Um. Yeah, wool sheep do not shed. You have to shear them. Yeah. Shear their wool off. So. Yep, and that's why they get so huge and gross looking if they don't get sheared <laughs> they're yep, big balls yeah they're big balls of fluff yep we also um have meat rabbits here on the homestead how is that going for you honestly it's the easiest meat it's the cheapest meat um they can have you know three litters a year easily and one rabbit can give six pounds of meat for very little you know very little cost into it and honestly it tastes just like a dark chicken yeah your rabbits must have gotten the memo that they're supposed to reproduce because <laughs> our our rabbits we had rabbits for a year and we got one litter from them oh my one goodness. one healthy litter and after months of them not taking we gave up we were like yeah. now nah, we're, we're not doing rabbits anymore and yeah. those ba those babies were so sweet oh my god no one told me i know and rabbits don't like get ugly in my opinion <laughs> no you know and i did tell my husband i was like i don't think i'm going to be able to be the one to you know take care of that <laughs> because they're so cute yeah i told my husband the same thing and I said, if you want meat rabbits, I will, I will take care of the mamas and I will take care of the babies if they need help. And I will do that part. I said, but when it comes to butchering, I said, you have to bring me the carcass with no head, no feet and no fur, because all I will yep. do is cry. I cannot do it. Yeah, and, and our children are very attached um, to the bunnies and the guy that we got our rabbits from they told us that the bunnies are the moms and dads, which are like ones that we take very good care of. They're more like our pets. And then the babies are rabbits. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's a nice distinction, but I still can't help but get attached to the babies. So that's a problem. I'm the same. Yeah. They are so cute. And I w once they got to the point where if I picked them up, they tried to kick me. Then I got I got okay with the fact that they weren't going to be around much longer. Yes, but they, they were a little violent. <laughs> but they were still beautiful and healthy and gorgeous animals. And the idea of having to put them down was not not a happy thing for me. So we we don't do rabbits anymore. We have chickens. Yep. I, I don't like chickens. I like what chickens produce. Eggs are fantastic. Chicken meat is okay. And chickens are not adorable. 
they may be beautiful, but they're not cuddly little things that you want to pet. No, especially meat chickens. <laughs> mhm. So it's easier. Yep. And it still makes it still makes me sad if one dies, of you know, of whatever whatever it died of. I'm still kind of bummed, but I'm not nearly as upset as if the baby rabbits died. Yep. So I I think it just depends on on how you view things, your perspective. Um we have a a barn cat right now who has six kittens and these these babies are five weeks old on Friday and they have discovered that people are, are great. They, they come out of the barn and just run up to us and climb our legs to be held. And I love them and I'm going to be really, really happy when we find homes for the four females. I'm going to keep the two boys because that's a lot of kittens. I, I feel like it's a circus every time I go outside. Yep, it is. And they're sweet and they're adorable too, but I'm not going to be unhappy for someone else to, to take them and give them a loving home. That would be fine. Yep, for sure. Do you guys have barn cats? Uh, we have house cats. Mm -hmm. They go in and out. Um, we have one daughter that uh, very much loves her cat, and they definitely help with the mice. Uh Living on a homestead, there's mice and rats and all those kinds of things. And I'm pretty sure every day when I open the door, there is some gift for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. Yeah, our, our mama barn cat a couple months ago was trotting across the yard and had something in her mouth. And my husband looked over and he said, she has a full-grown wild rabbit in her mouth. Yep. And I looked over, I said, that rabbit's bigger than she is. How did she catch that? Because she's, she's little. She's only about five pounds. And this rabbit was bigger than she was. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I've seen it's, our cats with baby rabbits, but yeah, not an adult. It, it's insane. I couldn't believe she could carry it in her mouth. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how she did it, but she's a tough, tough little little critter. Um. So I'm trying to come up with other things to ask you about. Do you have anything else you want to just share? <laughs> um, let's see. I did find homesteading to be very fulfilling um, after we had quite a bit of tragedy hit our family. And um, my dad died of a massive heart attack in 2010 at 49 years old uh, oh. about a month before my daughter was born uh, and that was very devastating that was on August 1st of 2010 and then right before we bought our farm my stepdad was working on one of his semis and the jack that was holding up the semi combusted and it fell on him and it killed him instantly. Wow. And that was on August 1st of 2018. So both of my dads passed wow. away on August 1st. That's rough. Different years. And you kind of just think that you're not going to come back from that, you know? Yeah. And my ability to bake disappeared uh, for an entire year. I couldn't make a simple cookie. After mm -hmm. that, 
And I have learned that sometimes challenges present themselves and you have to decide, is this going to kill me or am I going to grow from it? You know, and I clung to God and I could not imagine being where we are today and the growth and the, the success that has come to my husband and I just because we're living our lives as a family on a farm, you know, and yeah. I'm just very grateful for it. Yeah, that's a lot. I'm sorry to hear that. That's okay. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Um, I've had a couple really good friends pass away in the last few years. And uh, I understand. I really do. I know. I know. Life's precious and it's short. You know, you, 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 you hear people say you got to you got to live every day like it's your last. But, you know, when you lose people in your life, it, it, it that means it. It means it that it, the saying is true. Like you, you don't have tomorrow. You don't know that. Right. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Some when my my really good friend passed away last fall, I was I was upset. I, I cried for probably four hours. And then I was like, I got to stop this. I cannot let this derail me. That's not what she would want. Mm -hmm. And she had given us this beautiful weather vane. And my husband had put it up a week or so before she passed away. And I stepped outside and looked at it. And I went, well, I will see you on the other side. And then I kept going. Yeah. So, yeah. And there are days where I have things planned and I look around. And I'm like, God, all I want to do is go back to bed. And I think about it and I'm like, no, I'm not going back to bed. I have things to do. And if I don't do them today, I might not get to do them tomorrow. So I'm going to do these today. Yeah. And so I just, I hang in until I can't hang in anymore. And then I'm like, okay, I've done the things I said I would do. I'm going to stop now. And that's okay too. Yep. You definitely need to sometimes, you know, take a break. And when you take a break, you're stronger when you get up the next time. Yes, because because the break is restorative and everyone needs that. Yes, they do. Okay, well, you're the first one that's actually made me tear up. I have recorded, <laughs> I think, 13 of these now, I think, maybe 14. And that's the first time I've, I've cracked. So thank you. I know it's not the world's world's not going to end if I do that. I was I was no. very afraid that somebody was going to make me cry. And yep. So um. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today because this was very, very impromptu. Yeah, I was I was pretty nervous, but I'm going to be ending this conversation with a smile. So I'm thankful that you reached out to me. Oh, absolutely. I am more than happy to talk to anyone who wants to share their story about homesteading or baking or crafting anything that is kind of old fashioned, but people are doing it in, in new ways mm -hmm. because it's so interesting to me. And that's mostly why I'm doing this. I'm just perpetually curious. So anyway, you have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye.